Obadiah chapter 1 verse 17 and 18. And this is what it says. But in Mount Zion there shall be those who escape and it shall be holy. And the house of Jacob shall possess their own possessions. The house of Jacob shall be a fire. And the house of Joseph a flame. And the house of Esau stubble. They shall burn them and consume them. There shall be no survivor for the house of Esau. Genesis 18, 16 through 19 says, Then the men set out from there, and they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to set them on their way. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, for I have chosen him, that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him, for the Lord has spoken. Jeremiah 3.18 In those days the house of Judah shall join the house of Israel together. They shall come from the land of the north to the land that I gave your fathers for a heritage. May the Lord bless the reading. Thank you, Sister Michelle. Did I give you, I didn't give you Joel, did I? That was only the three I gave you? Okay, great. That's what I wanted to make sure. Thank you. Again, when pride meets with coming judgment, this is part seven. Point number one, the approaching judgment. The approaching judgment. Yesterday I spoke on the title that death is an enemy. Death is an enemy. And I told the people that everyone does not go to heaven. I know it's popular to preach at funerals that everybody goes to heaven. They do not, I told the people. There is a place for those who prefer to be away from God, and we say outside of God's will, away, that means a place where that's God's judgment. There is a place that... Christians want to be, and that's in the will of God, loving him, serving him, under the blessings of God, but there's a place that's the judgment of God. When we consider the matter before us in regards to when pride meets with coming judgment, we have been looking at the book of Obadiah, and we have taken other passages and related the story of judgment how the Lord had spoken about his judgment against Edom. And that he was going to treat them just like another nation. Because of how they treated Judah who had been taken and was being taken into Babylon. The Bible says that you acted just like one of their enemies. And then you stood at the crossroads for the fugitives who were trying to get away and you turned them over to Babylon. You stood there, and then you gave them over, and then you took possession of their land. They were your brothers. What were you doing? The Lord says, I'm bringing judgment against you. But in verse 17, we see that there is a change and a turning of the tides. And the Lord says, but in Mount Zion, there shall be those who escape, and it shall be holy. And the house of Jacob 
shall possess their own possessions. In this particular matter here, when the Lord says the house of Jacob, this here would be a reference to Judah. The house of Jacob shall be a fire. Fire in the Bible often is a depiction of judgment. We think of fire that purifies. But when we see the fire of God, it refers often to judgment. So when you think about fire, one often thinks that, okay, fire, it cooks. It helps to purify. It helps to clean the area. One of the things that I, I may have mentioned to you, I don't remember, but I was talking to someone not long ago outside of mail when we were talking about why the, the intensity of the fires, in fact I had mentioned it here as well, that because of many of the environmentalists, they are keeping certain brushes from being burned or certain of the forests and things that would normally be um, burned away or cleared. Because of wanting to protect the environment, many of the shrubs and the brushes and the trees and the, and the dead limbs, many of those things are, re are remaining. So when there's a fire, it is actually causing the fire to actually burn at a greater intensity and causing there to be a, a bigger problem. So what a fire may normally burn at a certain temperature, maybe 18,000 degrees, um, 1,800 rather, uh, Fahrenheit is burning higher than that. I may have my number just a little bit wrong, but, but, but the issue is that fires are burning with more intensity. The Lord has always had a matter of clearing and cleaning and a matter of um, taking care of debris and clearing things out. If you, in fact, remember, you will recall that when the Lord uh, told the Israelites that he was bringing them into the land of, uh, land of promise, there was a time when the Lord had said that when he was going to clear the enemies out, he wasn't going to do it all at one time because it would cause the wild animals in the land to increase too quickly. And so he would do it over time. The Lord is always concerned about balance. He's concerned. And when you go to one extreme and you begin to say, no, don't touch that. Don't have anything to do that. We want it to have it here. We, we, want, we don't want that to be removed. You then actually have a problem that you're creating. There's a natural order in this world that God has set up. And when you stop his order, you then have catastrophes oftentimes when things actually get out of control or something happens. Fires for one, for one example. When we don't recognize that God gives us time to get things right so that we don't have to experience his judgment or the full measure of his judgment, it's a good thing. When we refuse to take heed to his word and we keep going, we often then have to deal with more consequences to sin and our ways. And we've got to remember that God puts things in order to help us to not experience the fullness of his wrath. He poured that out on Jesus. Edom, who was the descendant of Esau, refused to change. Now the Lord said way back in Genesis that I was going to bless the seed of Abraham. I'm going to bless you, Abraham. But as the Lord came down to deal with the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah, he stopped by Abraham and Sarah. Now if you look up a little bit before what we read, You'll see that Sarah laughed when the Lord said that she's going to have a child. The Lord says, I promised you that you're going to be the descendant, you're going to be the father of many nations, and you're going to have a son in your old age. And it hadn't happened, and the Lord said, by this time next year, you're going to have a son. And the Lord said, should I hide what I'm about to do? 
Now, I want you to keep in mind that the Lord says, Abraham, I'm going to bless your descendants. And you're, going to, you're going to dwell in that promised land. That's yours. Your descendants after you are going to benefit from it. Do you not know that some of your blessings right now are because your parents were faithful to God or prayed for you? The prayers of your parents that have gone on, some of your parents may have been, may have been passed off the scene a long time now, but the prayers that they offered have not died out. They continue. Prayers that have been stored up don't necessarily mean that they run out. So when you think about prayers that have been stored up for those people of God or people that have prayed for you and other loved ones, those prayers often can be a perpetual fragrance in the very presence of the Almighty God. It is to help stave off at times the judgment of God when our parents says, you know, I better pray for him because he doesn't know or she doesn't know what may be coming. The Lord told Abraham, now, now, when the children of Israel get out of control, I'll discipline and I'll deal with them. But you're going to be blessed, Abraham. You're going to be blessed. So the Lord said, should I hide what I'm about to do? The stench of Sodom and Gomorrah and what's happening there has risen to high heaven. And I'm taking special inventory to go and check it out to see if what it is or what I'm hearing, if it is as bad as it appears to be. And so that I can go and and give judgment, but see if we can do anything. So I'm taking a special inventory and I'm going myself. And the Lord himself came with two of his angels. Stop by Abraham's. This is, should I hide? Do you not know that God wants to reveal to you what he's doing? Because you are the apple of his eye, you are a part of his plan. He wants to include you and in letting you know what he's doing. And so the Lord revealed to Abraham his plan. But, but I want you to know, our focus here is that 18 of Genesis, 18, 18, seeing that Abraham surely became uh, surely, I'm going to go back. For the Lord said, should I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and a mighty nation. The Lord hasn't forgotten, even in the book of Obadiah, the promise that he made to Abraham way back then. And so the Lord always left a remnant. The remnant. Do you not know that it is often the remnant who is the ones, are the ones, to actually then to carry out the judgment of God? It's the remnant that's left. Esau was going to be judged by the remnant. Don't worry when it seems like you're the only one standing for God, or maybe you and another, and everybody else is going crazy. It's the remnant that God uses. The Lord is saying, I'm going to use a remnant. He even told Moses, I'm using a remnant that when they don't obey me, when they get into the land, I'm going to use the remnant. I'm going to keep a people there. But Edom is not going to have that. So the Lord says here, seeing that Abraham is going to become a mighty and a great nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For the Bible says, I've chosen him. That he may command his children, listen to this, and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness 
and justice. You have a responsibility to pass on righteousness and justice in your household. Edom refused to do that. Do you not know that when they had began to invade the land, that they were teaching their children to do the very same thing to their brother? Children often follow what their parents do. Not necessarily just in regards to their job, but in regards to behavior. Why? Because that's your set model oftentimes. It requires something to be broken when something may be wrong in a household, but often what has been set as a pattern becomes what the child follows. So the Lord told Abraham that it was to be to his children and to those following, those generations that would be coming. Why? Why is it so important that you as a parent, as a grandparent, as a person that's helping to raise raise children or have raised children to train them to do what's right because they've got to pass it to the next generation in the line of the family. Why? Because the blessings of God follows obedience. So the Lord says, I'm going to bless Abraham. He's to teach his children. And when they get out of line, the Lord says, I'll then use other nations to bring about the correction that's needed. But I'm bringing the remnant back. In verse 17 of Obadiah, the Lord begins now to turn and says, Now, as you did to Judah, Edom, I'm going to bring them back to the land. And that began to occur in the book of Ezra. When you began to look what God was doing, Ezra began to fulfill that prophecy if, in fact, Obadiah was written during the time of the invasion by Babylon, of Babylon into Judah. It would be during that time when the Lord brings them to the land. In the book of Jeremiah, it says this. In those days, the house of Judah shall join the house of Israel. Why? Because the Lord remembers his promise. Have you ever really stopped to think how awesome God is that he got billions of people he's got. He has billions of people in the land and can remember every promise and can be right on time. Have you ever really stopped to think how incredible it is that when you are in need, God remembers your prayer and knows the timeline? Think about that for a minute. Here's a car that's coming towards you very, very fast, and the Lord keeps that car from hitting you just at the right time. So that we don't say it's luck. We say, look at God. So when the Lord says in Jeremiah, in those days, the house of Judah shall join the house of Israel, and together they shall come from the land of the north to the land that I gave your fathers for a heritage. God says, I'm going to remember my promise, and I'm going to bring them back from captivity. Guess what, Eden? They're going to be the ones that come against you. When you think about stubble, verse 18 of Obadiah, the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame. Think about this. Joseph was the son of Jacob. Jacob representing here, think of fire, think of judgment, and Joseph a flame. He's going to keep it going. Joseph, the flame, a torch. Jacob, fire. Joseph, the son, to carry it on. Israel and Judah being brought back together. 
Even when there had been separation, God says, they're going to come back together. I remember, and they're coming back to Zion. Zion is another name for the city of Jerusalem. So when you see Mount Zion, it often speaks of the mountain of God. It often refers to Jerusalem. What does God saying? I remember what I have said, and I bring it to fruition. When it speaks of stubble, that Esau is going to be stubble, it speaks about the grain after grain has been harvested. The stock that remains there is actually called stubble. I'm not talking about stubble on my face because I haven't shaved in a couple of days. Men get stubble. Well, women too at times. <laughs> Sister Florence says it's a nice day. I say it's a very nice day. <laughs> That's not the kind of stubble I'm referring to. It's speaking about when there's a harvest. God says Esau is going to be like stubble. It is a reference to that stock that once it has been harvested, it burns rather quickly. That which has already been removed, and then that which remains is burned up. The Lord says, that's how I'm going to treat Esau. But for Joseph and Jacob, I'm bringing them back from the north. I'm bringing them back from captivity to bring them back to the land. Because I remember the promise that I made way back. Some of you, and I say this at times over, that you believe that God has forgotten the promise that he's made to you. Got to remember that because sometimes when you look at the situation and circumstances, you think it can't happen because of what I see. But God has given you a promise. You saw one thing here. God was showing you. But then when you see the reality of what's happened, you say, well, maybe I saw it wrong. You've got to remember to keep the promise that God has given you. You've got to remember to keep the promise that God has given you. Don't be discouraged at, at, because of what it looks like right now. Because oftentimes that's the testing time. When the children of Israel had gone to Babylon and, and Edom had occupied the land, they thought everything was great. They were happy. But they didn't know and recognize that judgment had already been pronounced and it was only a matter of time before the prophecy would be fulfilled that they were coming back home. And they would be the ones to judge. And it would be the remnant that would come back. You may be the remnant in your family that God is going to use to accomplish the promise that he has made to your family. Remember the Bible says that the Lord, he hears the prayers of the righteous. I'm just about done. Psalm 78, 68 says, But he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. He chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. Joel chapter 2, verse 32. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We see that in Romans, what, chapter 3, 10, 13, somewhere around there? And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, it continues, 
there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Psalm 48, 2. Beautiful in elevation is the joy of all the earth, Mount Zion in the north, in the far north, the city of the great king. I, I am so glad that I don't have to worry about when my enemies are bothering me. I say I'm glad I don't have to. It doesn't mean that I don't worry <laughs> and fret. But, but I have to be reminded that God sees. And if the Lord has made you a promise that I'll take care of you and fight your battles, then you can rest assured that God will do it. It's a sad thing to have Edom have to be destroyed because they refuse to repent. And so we see the promise that's about to be carried out. And as we began to look at the conclusion of Obadiah, we see in the next verses, as we'll begin, we'll look at that at, uh, next time, how the Lord begins to say, this is how it's going to be carried out. Who dwells where? Today I want you to know that the Lord is in the business of revealing his will to you. Just like he said to Abraham, should I hide? Nope, don't have to hide. I'm going to bring it to pass. If you're waiting on the Lord and he's made your promise, remember this. You don't have to worry about the Lord forgetting he does not forget. Hold to what the Lord has told you. Remember the promise that he's made to you. And hold tightly to it. God fulfills the promises of his word. But if you have a promise that's outside the will of God, mm-mm, that's, no, that's not a promise. He's, no. he, he fulfills the promises of his word. The Lord may have given you something very specifically and you've grown weary. Don't grow weary. You may be fretting over right now some enemies or people that, that have maybe done you wrong. Don't worry about it. Put it in the hands of the Lord and do it the right way. Lord, in this place today, we want to thank you for your goodness and your righteousness. And we thank you that you didn't hide from Abraham what you were about to do, saying that Abraham is a blessed man. I'm going to carry it out. We love you and give you glory. In Jesus' name, God bless you.